All right, this is December 19th, Lesson 3, The Savior is Born. And uh, we've taken prayer requests, and I'm going to ask Brother Mickey if he'd lead us in prayer, if he would. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for the day that you've blessed us with. Thank you, Lord, for this season. And the reason we have this season is to glorify and to magnify the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, your Son. Oh, Lord, has brought into this world. Lord, we thank you today, Lord, for your blessings and for your healing process and your anointing, strengthening Holy Spirit. Lord, we lift up the needs of the body today. We pray for Lina, Heavenly Father, Lord, that you would minister unto her physical body. Heavenly Father, Lord, you see the need and you are aware of all the situations and the circumstances that the doctor has prescribed. Father, we ask you to be with her, anoint her from the crown of her head, Lord, and the tippy toes of her feet. Heavenly Father, may she feel the presence and the anointing of the Holy Spirit flowing through her veins. Lord, we praise you and thank you, Father, for your healing touch. We lift up uh, this job need for Opal, Heavenly Father, we pray, Lord, that the doors would open, and Lord, that the situation would confirm the job situation is true and sure, and that the placement, Heavenly Father, would be the perfect place, Lord, for her to be there to work in the presence and the power of your love shining through her. We lift up her sister-in-law to you today, Lord, and ask you to continue to strengthen and touch her. Lord, minister unto her, but Lord, give her the, the freedom, Heavenly Father, of you knowing that you are with her, to give her strength and that she is ready to go meet you, Lord, and ready to go home. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your touch on Dennis and Mary Alice. Lord, we pray your continued strength, Lord, in helping them to realize the healing process. Lord, today in their bodies, Lord, you are there to touch from the oh Lord and to heal their bodies completely and totally. Father, we lift up the weight family and the loss of Doris today, Lord, and we ask you to be with them today, the grandchildren, Heavenly Father, and Ralph, Heavenly Father, we just lift them up to you. And for the trailer family, Lord, in the loss of my sister, Heavenly Father, we just pray your anointed touch, Lord, upon uh, the strength and the ministry of your love to them and filling them with the presence and the power of your Holy Spirit. In thy name we pray. Amen. All right, today is our Christmas lesson, The Savior is Born, praise God. Our key verse is Luke 2:11. for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And our central truth is Jesus was born to be the Savior of the world. Amen. So we say happy birthday, Jesus. Amen. Even though he was probably born in September instead of in, <laughs> instead of December. Uh, a lot of scholars believe since it said that he came and tabernacled among us, he might have been born during the Feast of Tabernacles, which usually happens in late September. And uh, also the shepherds being out in the field, they're usually not out in the field in December 25th. They're, they're more out in the field in September. So it probably was September. But anyway, uh, I'm glad the world will recognize that Jesus came. Amen. And they need to 
think that he's coming back again because he is and they need to realize why he came because he did come to be the savior of not just the Jews like it said and uh, the message that the angels give that we'll be looking at this is unto all people amen the savior has come uh, it is easy for believers to get drawn into trappings of the Christmas season and forget the reality and significance of our Savior's birth. The time had come for the long-awaited Messiah to be born, and we see God's hand orchestrating the events leading to the fulfillment of the prophecies surrounding the birth of Jesus. Uh, and because of a census, Joseph and Mary were required to travel to Bethlehem, the city of Joseph's ancestors, to register, fulfilling the prophecy of Micah 5, 2, where it mentions out of Bethlehem he'd come. The Christmas story is perhaps better known to the secular world than any other account in the Bible. Through the years, Christmas has been mentioned in countless television shows and movies, through music created just for the holiday season, believers and unbelievers alike, and in display of nativities that dot the landscape in the month of December. However, the simple yet profound significance of Christmas is often lost in the rush and busyness of the season. People too often fail to grasp the powerful truth that God sent his only son into the world as a sacrifice for sin to be the savior of the world. So we're going to be looking at the scripture here, a very familiar one at Christmas time. I guess that's preached throughout the United States and the world. In Luke's Gospel, the second chapter, in verses 1 through 7. Sherry, did you have that? Okay. So how many miles is it? How many miles is it from Nazareth to Bethlehem? Is that the... About 100 miles. So they they went 100 miles on donkey and, and foot, right? Well, it doesn't really say donkey, but they had to go anyway. They had to go some way. If she was heavy with child, I'm sure they did use the animal for her. Right. If not. That's a long way. It is a long way. Back then, yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. Uh, And this was the first census that took place while uh, Corona... Quirinius or something, Quirinius was governor of Syria, of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him, and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, a firstborn, a son. And she wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. All right. 
Like I said, it's a very familiar story, especially to believers. They've heard it very much, and and if uh, every Christian family was like our family, we had to read the Christmas story before we opened up the gifts, and because uh, you know how carried away kids can be with their gifts, so. We said, well, first, we're going to hear the Christmas story. <laughs> and usually we use Luke 2. Sometimes we go to Matthew uh, 2. But uh, usually it's in Luke, the second chapter. And Luke, we said, was a physician, as we know. But he was also quite a historian. And so he, he gives facts historically as well to uh, prove dates and things that Happened so that's why he mentioned why Serenius was the governor because you can look that up in in history you know when he was the governor and uh, we always say you know B.C. meant before Christ and A.D. was after uh, Christ's birth but uh, actually he was born about five B.C. Uh, according to the uh, charts that people have studied and uh, such as astrological charts, astronomy charts, in other words, because uh, of that uh, star that is mentioned and so forth, they can trace it down to where it was about 5 BC. And uh, so anyway, uh, but we always definitely historically divide history between before Christ and after he came. Um, so uh, this decree from, the, from Caesar, and again he mentioned who the Caesar was, Caesar Augustus, when he was Caesar. Uh, he decreed that all the world will be taxed. Of course, that was the Roman world. Uh, it wasn't the United States or any other area but the the world there is the Roman world and uh, they had to go register at their nativity where they were born uh, if it was today I'd had to go register in California you know because that's where I was born in Los Angeles area California and uh, it mentions the fact that he was of the lineage of David but it's also been proven that she also was of the lineage of David. So that's why she had to go as well as him to the, to the uh, registration. And uh, so while they were there, it says the days were accomplished, notice. Because there again, we, we get uh, some things that aren't exactly true when we see movies of the nativity scene I, I i watched the hollywood movie called the nativity you know uh and they they have her deliver that night you know as soon as they get there but it says the days were accomplished they could have been there a whole week before she gave birth and this would give him time to to find a midwife and someone to help you know with the birth uh, and it mentioned about the inn, and the inn back then wasn't the Holiday Inn or something like that where they had all these rooms. What it meant was uh, 
there was no room in the end. It was just a, a walled area there where all these people would be in for shelter. And uh, so it was crowded in there, and that's why there was no room for them. It didn't mean they didn't have a suite or that type of room like we think of with inns. And so uh, it turned out that there wasn't room in the inn because that was just too public of a place for one thing, and, and the birth of Christ needed to be more private. Or anybody giving birth, they'd want more privacy. So they found a uh, either cave or a stable, we're not sure, because there was some caves around Bethlehem there where they could have uh, went for the night, but it was where animals were kept, definitely, and so there was, uh, it, it probably smelled in that cave. It, it wasn't no <laughs> beautiful place to be born, that's for sure. He wasn't born in a hospital. He wasn't born uh, in a nice home, but he was born in a stable because that's where the lambs were born, and he came as the Lamb of God. And Bethlehem itself means the land of bread, or, or uh, yeah, city of bread, and he is the bread of life. And so there's significance why he was born in Bethlehem, but we also know through Matthew's gospel that it was prophesied by Micah that Bethlehem would be the place where the Messiah would come. And this was told unto Herod, and uh, of course, he didn't really want to worship the child, but he told the wise men, when you find him, bring me word again. And then, of course, the wise men story is all off when they try to bring the wise men to the manger because it was about two years before uh, they were there. And because uh, it said he inquired of the wise men diligently what time the star appeared. At his birth, the star did appear, but it was way over in the east, and they, they had to follow that star, and it took them about two years. <coughs> but like I said, the nativity story, and you'll see other movies where they bring the wise men right there to the manger. But uh, if you notice carefully, Matthew says that they came where the child was. He wasn't a baby anymore. And also, uh, he was probably a toddler, about two years of age. House, yeah, right. House. It didn't say the stable or cave or anything. Don't use that as trivia at a, at a Christmas party. <laughs> Don't use that Don't as, use trivia. That as trivia. At a Christmas party. <laughs> well, like, you, because <laughs> people will walk out on you. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, yeah. You've been there, done that. <laughs> so anyway, if you go by Matthew. If you just go by Matthew, you'd think that they did come because it said the birth of Christ was on this wise when he was born or something. Wise men came from the east, so I can see where they would think of the wise men coming just looking at Matthew. But thank God for Luke because Luke lets us know there was a lot of time between Jesus' birth and when the wise men came because they had to go to the temple as well be reading uh, to dedicate him 
and they had to wait 40 days before they could go to the temple. So they did, the wise men definitely could not come <coughs> until they had already gone to Jerusalem to dedicate them. And uh, that night after the wise men came, they had to flee to Egypt. So that's why it just doesn't fit on the time frame to have the wise men at um, Bethlehem, I mean, not Bethlehem, but at the, the manger scene. We three kings. Yeah, all of these are so centered around the birth, and it doesn't say that, according to scripture, it's two years later. Mm-hmm. So people mm-hmm. get really hung yeah. up in those Christmas songs, and unless you really yeah. read and studied, yeah. right. you really are, you don't know that there was a huge time span between one thing and the other. Right. Right. That's why it's important to get that harmony of the Gospels to see the whole story between what the different Gospel writers yeah. say. Even there's um, a connection between when Jesus was born and what he was wrapped in. Right. Uh-huh. He was wrapped in the same uh, cloth that the shepherds would wrap Right. Mm-hmm. That's why there was cloths there because of the lambs that were there in the room. With tradition. Yes. Tradition. You know, it's because it's the way we've done it. It's, oh, yeah. it's our way of getting in that rut. Yeah. yeah. I know. Tradition. Tradition is Fiddler on the Roof talks about. <laughs> Right. Yeah, absolutely. And also the fact that he came as a baby because a baby is more approachable than if he was a, an adult, you know, and because mm-hmm. he could have came on that white horse, you know, that he has to ride when he comes back the second time. He could have came that way, but he came humbly as a baby so that he'd be approachable. God wants people to know he's approachable. They can come unto him. Humans. Right. Yeah, that's that's the way it is. So even as early childhood person, you know, there's ways that we're to treat children, blah blah blah. And then we give Mm -hmm. excuses if a child doesn't behave later on well because this happened. No. (laughs) Yeah. Jesus was there for those years too. And I'm sure Mary and Joseph weren't perfect. No. <laughs> they were blessed, but they weren't perfect. <laughs> right. But he was 100% God, so he was perfect. And so we don't have an excuse. Mm-hmm. No. Amen. You think that, that he was taught, though, taught how to do things? Oh, yes. He was taught. He didn't know because he was human. Yeah. He had to learn to be a carpenter. He was a carpenter's mm-hmm. son. Well, I'm just asking. His blood was not contaminated. No. I mean, 
That is why the virgin birth. Yeah, that's why the virgin birth, because otherwise he would have been contaminated in his blood, because the blood from the father is what the baby gets. Yeah, he had to learn Aramaic, and that's not an easy language to learn at all. Right. The important things is what it gives us, and uh, the let me see. You read through seven, yeah. So now we got eight through fourteen, brother Larry. Do you have that eight through? That was two, right? Chapter two, verse eight. Luke chapter two, verse eight. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to peace among those with whom he is pleased. So there's a lot in that, too, because uh, we see that it talks about the shepherds here. And uh, I don't know any of you watched the Hour of Power last night, but Bobby Schuler pointed out the fact that shepherds were usually children that they used uh, to be shepherds. And so you, there again we see pictures of these grown men, you know, coming to the manger but they were probably children, and also they used girls as well as boys as shepherds. So it could have, yeah. Uh, you, you, remember, you remember Ruth was kind of a shepherd, and also Leah and uh, Rachel, they all uh, were shepherds. Uh, and we know David was a shepherd when he was a child because they said the youngest is out there taking care of the sheep. So they, that was the job they gave the young people. And so it was really to young people that the Lord uh, gave this message to when we see shepherds. I, I thought that was good that he pointed that out. Um, and then they were keeping their flocks by night. Again, they're usually not out there at night during the cold winter of December because they have about the same climate as we do in Texas there in Israel. And uh, so it was probably in a warmer climate that they were out there. And um, they were keeping watch because they had to protect them from animals and and anything that would harm them, you know, and so that's why they had to keep watch. 
maybe thieves too, because thieves would steal uh, the sheep. So while they were keeping watch, suddenly it said the angel of the Lord came upon them. We're not told the name of the angel there. Now, we were told that the angel was Gabriel that came to Mary and also to Zechariah, but uh, it could have been Gabriel, but anyway, it was one angel first that came and said to them, don't be afraid. <laughs> they always have to say that when they appear because they are awesome creatures, those angels. And uh, not only that, they had this glory of the Lord all around them, this light that was around them, the Shekinah glory, as we call it. And the angel said, don't be afraid. I bring you good news or good tidings of great joy. And there he said, it's for all people, not just for the Jews, but for all people. Christ did not come just to save the Jews. He came to save all people. And unto us was born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And then he gave them the sign, as it was been pointed out by Larry, that uh, that they would find him wrapped in swaddling clothes or cloths. And uh, I guess most translations now say cloths instead of clothes or swaddling clothes. But uh, to swaddle a baby, you just wrap it up real tight, you know, and where they can't do, do a lot of movement and hurt themselves and or poke their eye out or something. <laughs> so they, they're wrapped up in, in swaddling cloths. But also, as was pointed out, when they buried someone, they'd wrap them in swaddling cloths. And my, my mother would preach on this and say, this shows that he was born to die and uh, that he would be the sacrifice for us. And so when he died on the cross, it said that Nicodemus and Joseph came and wrapped him. They wrapped him in those swaddling cloths like a mummy, you know. You see all those wrappings around them. And they put spices on him first, and so it stuck right to his body. And in the resurrection, he just left it like a cocoon, you know. He came out of that and, and left it there for the disciples to see that there was no way that he could have got out of that unless he had resurrected. And also, if someone had stolen his body, they wouldn't take time to unwrap and leave the wrappings there. They would just took it wrapped up. But uh, so that was a sign to the uh, disciples after he resurrected that he was no longer dead but was alive. And uh, the gospel is good tidings. That's what the word means, gospel, good news are good tidings. And so we have that song, you know, good tidings we bring. And so there's a, a lot of Christmas songs come right from this chapter 2 of uh, Luke's gospel telling the Christmas story. And uh, then it said, suddenly 
not only one angel, but there was a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying. It doesn't say singing. It says saying. Everyone has them all singing, you know, hark the herald angels sing. It never does say they sang. They said glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill toward men. You say, well, I sure don't see a lot of goodwill toward men around us today. No, you don't, because they were prophesying of his second coming, really. When he comes the second time, there will be peace on the earth and goodwill toward men. But uh, he had to come the first time before he could come the second time. Yes. situations where I feel absolutely no peace and that has right. nothing to do with whether Jesus had been here or the no. Holy Spirit it's me accepting it no. but when I accept that peace it is mm -hmm. priceless so therefore you know they had knowledge they had all of that but because that always kind of bothered me because I thought yeah there ain't right. peace yeah. Yeah. and then I started realizing no in Christians there is peace and there is not peace I mean I think we're living in a time where we oh, see I that Mm -hmm. all the time and I don't care what you're doing on TV if you're out there telling me to get all worried you're not representing Christ oh, yeah. right. you know right. he said peace I got it yeah. chill yeah all these contestants with you know Miss America and everything that say well, what do you want we want world peace right. you know but yeah. world peace will not come until the Prince of Peace right. comes right. back and uh, but he will give us peace even today in our hearts, you know, if we'll trust him and, and, and not let our hearts be troubled, as he said. And we have that peace that we know right. that was going to happen. That's how come we have that peace. Yeah. Not peace. because we really have peace, but because in here we know the outcome. The peace that passes out. All understanding. understanding. And, you know, you think of John the Baptist. I mean, oh, yeah. he had nothing to be peaceful over, no. but no. he knew. And so, therefore, when we go through things that, you know, that are crummy, <laughs> it's still okay. God's yeah. got it. And right. he's, yeah. he yeah. wants to yeah. give everyone that. Yeah. When you talk about peace around the world today, mm -hmm. after the wars and the everything, mm -hmm. you always have people come together and they sign documents. Right. Uh -huh. There's gonna peace be, treaties. not going to be peace until Jesus is invited right. to the conference. Yeah. Amen. And when he's invited to the conference, then we'll have peace. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. First so, they tried it through the League of Nations. Now they're trying it through the United Nations, but it, there's still been mm -hmm. war. Yeah. And it shouldn't upset us. No. I mean, it really should yeah. not, because the Bible's already told you that what's going to happen is right. not. Yeah. Right. You ain't going to get no peace without Jesus. It's just right. You can have personal peace, but as far as world peace, it's not going to come until the Prince of Peace comes and sets up his kingdom. And then there will be peace on earth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> As the song goes. Right. Amen. Uh, they tell us historically that those 33 years that Jesus was on the earth, there was not one war fought in the whole world. And so there was peace on earth while he was here. Of course, they were under Roman oppression. But no war was fought. But since then, there's been wars fought every year and every day almost 
Uh, okay, now we come to, uh, who read this, uh, 8 through 14? Okay, 15 through 20. Um, uh, Opal, do you have that or not? Uh, Luke 2, 15 through 20. 20. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe laying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying, which was told them concerning this child. And all of those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all of these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. All right, good reading. And so we see that... Uh, they acted upon what the angel had said because the angel said in Bethlehem and you'll find this babe and you'll find him lying in a manger. Now that was a clue that he would be in some kind of a barn or some place where they would have a manger. And, uh, and so this gave them a clue because the star wasn't over Bethlehem when, when they uh, were trying to search for him and find him. Uh, it was until the wise men came that the star stood over the house where he was at. And so the star was way over in the east, and, and they were following, the wise men started following the star that appeared probably at his birth, the star. But uh, they, the shepherds didn't have a star to, to lead them, but they, they knew about where these lambs were kept for the sacrifice usually because that's what these shepherds of uh, Bethlehem, they would raise these lambs or sheep for the sacrifice there in Jerusalem because it was only about five miles or so to Jerusalem. But he wasn't born in Jerusalem. He was born in Bethlehem, and he was born and laid in a manger. And uh, so that this may also indicate that they were children because they came with haste. <laughs> Those children can run fast, I guarantee you. And they found Mary and Joseph, and then they also found the babe lying there in a manger. And uh, so they realized what the angel had said was true and that uh, he is what they said he is, that he is the Savior the Messiah that they were all longing for, and we're about out of time again. Uh, so anyway, they, uh, they do find him, and they, they worship him. They didn't worship Mary. They worshiped him. And uh, so they uh, rejoiced at seeing this baby that was told to them by the angels. Now, I mentioned the angels don't sing. There is a verse in Job where it said the sons of God sang as he was creating the world. So the sons of God there can be referring to angels singing, but it does say they said here instead of sang. Uh, 
but I wouldn't split hairs over that. They could have been singing as well as saying. <laughs> uh, so anyway, they, they didn't keep it to themselves. They went out and told others what they had seen. And uh, we don't know whether they really believed them or not, but they told it. And that's our job is to tell it. Go tell it on the mountain and over the hills and valleys. All right, I hear the music playing. Uh, so anyway, uh, th they skip a few times there where it says, you know, they waited eight days before they circumcised the child, and they called his name Jesus. And um, then they went into the temple after her purification, which was another 40 days, that she had to wait according to the law before she could be pure to go into the temple after giving birth, and and so uh, especially to a male child. And so they offered that sacrifice, and while they were there, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and he was a devout and just man that was waiting for the consolation of Israel or salvation of Israel. And so it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he went into the temple and found this couple, and uh, then he took the baby in his arms and dedicated him to God. And so our, our denomination and, and other Pentecostal denominations do not believe in baptizing a baby, but we do believe in dedicating a baby. And uh, so that's what they did. They were, uh, he dedicated him, and then he prophesied over him also, and how that he would be a light unto the Gentiles and so forth. And uh, that uh, he also told Mary that a sword will go through her own soul also. And several times it mentions about Mary pondering these things, and that means she meditated upon them and thought about them. All right, we got to go. Lord, we thank you for your word, and we thank you so much for what Christmas is all about. And thank you for coming to this earth and giving your life on the cross for us, Lord and that you rose again after about three days. We know that uh, when Mary and Joseph went into the temple when he was 12, it said that they lost him for three days. And uh, Mary again lost him for three days after, after he was crucified but, uh, and buried. But on the third day, she found him again because he arose and... Uh, appeared unto them. Thank you, Lord, for this time of year in celebrating the birth of our Savior. And we pray that you'll just help many to truly find room in their heart for the Lord and not shut him out as the innkeeper did. In Jesus' name, amen. Before